Hello and welcome to Reddit Readings and episode 83. In this episode we are covering the posts on r slash malicious compliance. Let's jump right into the first story posted by user RecMe Senpei, with the title. Professor fails me because my group went ghost during group project. Now streaming, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor, welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Bieras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office, more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I was in a speech class. It was my last semester. Completely online due to COVID. Our professor assigned us a group speech that we were to record and send to him by the due date. I thought it would be easy enough as he gave us two weeks to work on it and group speeches weren't anything new to me. He even made separate discussion boards for our groups that we could use to communicate. This project was worth 30% of our grade so failing this project meant you would pretty much fail the course. I wanted to get it done early so we wouldn't have to worry about it so I immediately post a message to everyone in the group asking when they were free to do a Zoom meeting to discuss the project. No reply for a few days by any of them. I then post again. This time a little more stern as it didn't seem any of them cared enough to even reply at all. I waited a few more days. At this point we only had a week left before it was due so I just divided up the work and posted what everyone would need to write their portion of the speech about and gave them a date, time that I would be holding a Zoom meeting for the final recording to send the professor. Still no reply. It was now the day before the speech was to be recorded and two days before the speech was due and my group members had not made an attempt to make contact in any form at all. So I did the only thing I could think of and emailed my professor explaining the situation. But I assumed he would not reply because throughout the entire semester, it took him over a week to reply to any emails I had sent him. I then did the entire group project on my own, which took me the entire night with no sleep. After I finished writing everyone's speech, it was around the time I had scheduled the Zoom meeting to record. I joined it out of amusement knowing nobody in my group would be there. Sure enough it was empty. So I did the entire speech myself. But the rubric really put emphasis on transitioning to our other group members including saying their name. So between every section where it would cut to a different member, I would say something like, and now, my name will explain the importance of blah blah, then mute my screen briefly as if to add a cut, put on a different hat, and continue the speech. I did this for all six portions of the speech. I turned in the speech shortly after and filled out the group member role sheet that was due as well. I just put my name in every box that was supposed to be a different member. A week passes and I see he graded the project, 
still not replying to my previous email about the situation by the way. And he gave me a zero stating it was supposed to be a group project and me doing it solo meant I did not follow instructions. I was actually infuriated by this and knew that emailing him about the grade was as good as useless so I went straight above him to the board of the college and explained to them what happened. They apologized and said the situation would be resolved and within a few hours of me talking to the board, he had replied to my email three times stating that he was sorry for the miscommunication about the project and that my grade would be corrected, scolded me for going above him saying, I should have just emailed him again if I couldn't get in contact with my classmates. And putting the blame on me for not, trying harder, to reach out to them. The next semester, I saw that he was no longer with the school. My guess is that it was a habit of his to not reply to emails and he got fired for it. Also his, corrected, grade was a 70. But I was so mentally exhausted from the situation at that point that I didn't care to fight it anymore. Our next story is posted by user rights for Doe 42 with the title, No one can fire my boss so she does it herself. Years ago, I used to work at a state government agency where my boss was a political appointee. Her mom was a bigwig in our governor's party who wrangled a political appointment for her daughter, which meant she had some clout behind her. Let's call her Shannon. Shannon was not good at her job. At all. She was frequently out of the office for, meetings, e.g., two-hour lunches, coffee with friends, a bit of shopping. She was also a bully and a tyrant. She bullied her staff and would hold the threat of firing over everyone's heads to get them to do what she wanted. She wasn't a micromanager because she was never around enough to actually micromanage anything. And she was widely disliked throughout the entire building. This was a large agency, so to have a building where almost everyone disliked you took a lot of work. The problem is that, as a political appointee, she was untouchable. The people who had the power to fire her couldn't because of her family. Even the number three person in the agency couldn't do it, and he was a political appointee as well. But after a year of mystery meetings and time out of the office, her excuses were catching up to her. The agency director removed her from her job and put her in charge of special projects. Anyone who's worked in a corporate job knows that people get put in charge of special projects because they were largely incapable of doing their previous job. They didn't get fired, but they no longer had any power. This was Shannon's case. For a while, she seemed to get the message. She shaped up, didn't have any more mystery meetings didn't disappear from the building for two hours, and treated people somewhat nicely. Of course, it didn't last and Shannon returned to her old ways. Around that time, we got a new assistant director, we'll call her Trisha, who was also a political appointee. She was the number two person in the whole agency, and she was great to work for. She was very serious about her job. She had access to Shannon's electronic calendar and saw what Shannon had been up to. She then cross-checked the security logs to see when Shannon was in and out of the building. After her brief investigation, Trisha emailed Shannon with a list of dates and said, Can you tell me more about these different meetings you were having? And why they took so long? I'm paraphrasing. Well, Shannon wasn't having any of that. How dare Trisha call her character into question? This was an outrage. It was so outrageous, in fact. 
that Shannon wrote a resignation letter and slammed it down on Trisha's desk. That'll show her. After a few hours, Shannon had time to think about what she had done. She remembered that she had a one-year-old at home. She also remembered that her husband was an unskilled truck driver who made $8 an hour. Edit. He was a local delivery driver for a construction firm, not a CDL driver. And she remembered that she was the primary breadwinner for her family. She went back, hat in hand, and apologized for her attitude. She said she was willing to try harder, and she asked Trisha if she could please possibly have her letter back, pretty please? Trisha said, oh, I'm sorry, you're too late. I already processed the letter and sent it off to our. I'm afraid I can't undo that. Do you remember in the movie, The Incredibles, when Mr. Incredible fought the giant ball with legs? The ball was so indestructible and powerful, the only thing that could beat it was itself? This was that moment. The previously untouchable political appointee had just been fired by the only political appointee who had that power. Herself. And rather than protect her or do her a solid, Trisha would not undo her self-termination. She just let Shannon be her own undoing. When news of Shannon's self-firing raced through the building, you could hear the cries of, What? Are you serious? Followed by howls of laughter as each new person heard the story. Shannon was out and everyone who had to deal with her was much happier than they had ever been in that job. Our next story is posted by user I'm the one watt hour zero with the title. The Karen of my building told me her keycard isn't working. Demanded I fixed her keycard. So I did. This just happened maybe five minutes ago and I think it's hilarious. I'm the facility manager for my building. Everything that happens and goes wrong, is my responsibility. So I make sure everything runs smoothly. My boss had made it clear. It's my building and I was hired to not only keep people in line but run everything. I'm not a dick but I hold people accountable, forcibly but politely. There was no facility manager for a long time before I came along and both clients and employees ran amok, with no order. In the four months I've been here, my boss has praised my performance and has gone to bat for me countless times. She's the best boss I've ever had. I've got a firm but fair approach and my reputation reflects that. I've got a Karen in the building and trust me, the name stereotype applies, who's just a counselor for family services, has nothing to do with our group. She likes to complain about everything and gives my boss a headache almost daily. She shares an office with another woman, who's unfortunately, picking up on her Karen tendencies. Karen in training. I've been doing a keycard audit all week and I knew to leave Karen's keycard alone because she's the only Karen in the building, so her name stands out. I am missing 75 keycards, lots of former employees having all door access, dating all the way back to 2015. Can't have that so I deleted a lot of them, especially if it had a wacky name or just a room number. However, I did delete, Kit's, card information because it wasn't under her name. She just came to tell me her keycard wasn't working and Karen happened to be passing by and overheard it. I went and fixed, Kit's, keycard and we went to go check to see if it worked or not. We found Karen outside the office waiting, complaining to my boss that her keycard didn't work either. Karen wandered away and my boss rolled her eyes and I smiled and I told her I would take care of it. After checking to make sure, 
Kit's keycard worked. I went downstairs to check the system. Looked up Karen and wouldn't you know it, her keycard was completely fine. In fact, it showed she had a master keycard. So I changed all of her permissions and limited her back to just her room only. I went upstairs and got my boss's attention because her office is next door to the ladies and I mouthed listen and pointed. I opened their door and was all, hey Karen. I went and checked your keycard in the system. Everything is good to go. In fact, it said you had a master key to the building and per the company orders, since you're not a contractor or a company employee, I can't give you that access. So I had to revoke your status to just this room only. Can't have you bugging people on official business wink thanks for bringing your keycard to my attention. She started to object that she needed the master keycard because XYZ and I was all, yeah sorry. Maybe before but I'm the facility manager and you don't need access to everything except this office and if you do, it's outside your pay grade, so you'll have to come get me. Okay? Cool thanks bye. And then just closed the door on her mid-sentence. My boss was quietly laughing her ass off in her office and gave me an air high five. TLDR. Karen complained her keycard didn't work, when it absolutely did. In fact, she had master key access and had she not said anything, would still have it but made me check and I revoked her status completely to just her room only. Edit. To be clear, I'm not talking down about my coworkers. They're fantastic people and no I'm not a suck up. They work in education and bend over backwards to help students and customers get the information and help they need. The building mostly got shut down and neglected and customers got lazy due to the C-word. We offer free classrooms to those who need it, including a computer lab, by a reservation first come, first serve basis. The problems we ran into was that the previous FM passed away suddenly and the replacement was temporary. Coupled with the C-word and this was our problem. My co-workers weren't able to enforce rules and regulations and rooms were left destroyed and neglected, keys stolen, etc. Since my arrival, I've enforced the rules and allowed the staff to resume their normal duties, without having to clean up after and babysit customers. Karen isn't staff, she's just renting an office. She has no business having access to our materials, supplies or workspaces. Especially when they're handling students' private information. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our next story is posted by an anonymous Redditor, with the title, XBF insists I play a game he assumes he's better at. I complied. Every once in a while I think about this story while I'm idly playing Sudoku on my phone and it makes me smile. I realized it's perfect malicious compliance, petty revenge material. I don't want to go into too much detail here but some background is needed. A few years ago when I was in grad school, I dated a man who was several years older than me who had just finished his master's at the same school, completely different program but both in the realm of STEM, and started a company based on that work. 
he seemed to have a chip on his shoulder about the fact that he went back to school in his late twenties, and the fact that I was in a PhD program. I need to emphasize I did not think I was better or smarter than him in any way, and I thought and still think he is incredibly smart and his company does fascinating work. But, he still projected this inferiority complex on me and it was one of many things that soured our relationship. He was obsessed with feeling smarter than me and bringing me down a peg. The relationship ran its course within a year and the breakup was messy, but he insisted on remaining friends despite a lot of obvious tension between us. One day he asked me to help him pick up a moving truck he needed for work and I agreed. But when I got in the car we were kind of quiet for a couple minutes so I pulled out my phone and finished the Sudoku game I had up in my browser. For some context, I am incredibly good at Sudoku relative to most people. This is because I obsessively solved Sudoku puzzles as a kid and just had big books of them to solve on long bus rides to school, and it's still my go-to game to play while waiting in line, pooping, etc. I don't really correlate this with intelligence. My brain is just trained to recognize the patterns and solving them is soothing. He looked over and saw I was playing and asked what app I played on. I said I just play on a certain website I like and when he asked why I don't use a Sudoku app I tried to be as neutral as possible in my response and said that the website had a nice spread of difficulty and that every app I tried had either been all too easy or too hard. Admittedly, it's almost always too easy but because of aforementioned inferiority complex I was hedging this on purpose. He had a kind of, oh really, response and insisted I try the app he has on his phone because he was sure I would find it hard. So, I maliciously complied. I opened up the hardest setting of puzzle in his app and solved it in about a minute, beating the record on his phone by at least a minute and a half. I showed it to him and he seemed alarmed and basically said I got lucky. So, I played several more times so that my times flooded the fastest times list until his were all gone. His shock and frustration at this was satisfying on its own, but many months later when I had long forgotten about it, he randomly sent me a screenshot of his puzzle in that app with a faster time, except it was for the easiest puzzle setting. So of course to be petty, I immediately downloaded the app, played on the easiest setting, beat his time by a significant margin again, and sent a screenshot. Was this mean? Maybe. Was it satisfying? Yes. Our final story is posted by user fr0street underscore byt3, with the title. If you don't like the way we do things here, you can leave. Okay this is a little long. Sorry. When I was in college, I worked for a mobile carrier in a mall. For a young person, it was great money. I was the assistant manager, which was a fancy way of saying I was in charge of most of the store paperwork. A few months before, one morning, I opened by myself and a guy approached me asking for a specific phone and kept balking at the price, asking if I could cut him a deal though. I was confident we were by far the cheapest in the area, so I told him, if you bring me a better deal, I'll beat it. The guy does another lap, talks to other stores, and comes back. Come on, there is nothing you can do? Can I just get a case? I smile and say, sorry that's the best I can do today, but can I get your number in case we get a sale that brings the price down? This sometimes actually did work. His entire demeanor changed and he handed me paperwork out of his bag and showed me his ID. 
He was from corporate LP, loss preventions. Apparently my store ranked top in the state for excessive discounts and excessive waste. He then hands me a document showing all of my friends and family discounts. So I flip open my phone. Yes, it still flipped and showed him all the names on the list are in my phone. Thus are friends and family. He thanks me and says he'll stick around to talk to my boss and one other team member. Since smartphones aren't really a big thing at the time, the LP guy starts talking to me about my job, and I ask him a little more about what exactly flagged our store. Turns out the other two people he wanted to talk to had more than 30% of their transactions marked with that discount code and our store seemed to lose lots of inventory. Store practice was that if you open an accessory and it was damaged in shipping, you just throw it away and grab another one. Turns out there is a process you need to follow. He showed me the form and said, you really should be between X and X a month to be considered average. He then interviews my boss and coworker who couldn't prove that their discounts were accurate and they were let off with a stern warning. From then on, I took on the responsibility of tracking inventory and warning the team when we were getting close to the monthly limit. Like a miracle, cases stopped breaking for the rest of the month with these announcements. Fast forward. I open by myself again one morning. An older gentleman approaches me and starts screaming at me about being a heartless bastard and asking, how the hell can you do this to people? I look at him puzzled. Sir, I have no idea who you are so you can't possibly be mad at me specifically. Let's go sit over there and have a quick chat. As soon as we sit down I look at him and he starts crying and shaking. I don't know what to do. I'm gonna lose my house. He goes on to tell me his son had gotten 10 free phones from my store and the monthly bill was roughly $800 plus tax. Sir, if your son started an account with us, there is nothing I can do without him coming to the store. The dad shows me a photo in his wallet and explains that his son lives in a home because he's too old to take care of him. He's visibly disabled. He was already barely getting by paying for his house plus his son to be taken care of. My heart dropped as I figured out what had happened. My coworker had sold the phones to his son while they were on a mall outing with his group home. Furious, I go back to the store and void the entire order. I instruct the dad to bring me every phone he can find. Anything not in the store that day would be marked as stolen. I write up the inventory report and mark all of those phones stolen for the time being. Coworker comes in and I say, don't bother clocking in. I saw your order from last night. Just know that it's voided. If you pull anything like that again I'll make sure you're fired. Take the rest of the weekend off. He argues for a moment, but leaves. 25 minutes later, and early for his shift, my boss shows up saying he heard what happened. I show him all of the paperwork and explain what I did to solve it. Irritated, he looks at me and says something like, you know you can't do that right? He then argues with me that I had no right to void the order and, the contract was the contract. Confused and angry, I say, look, I will not sit by and allow people to be taken advantage of like that. To which he replies, if you don't like the way we do things here, you can leave. Shocked, I walk back into the store where he tells me he is taking care of all of the paperwork to fix my mess. Quietly I rip up my inventory report with a smile and tell him I'm leaving for the day. I call a friend who said, why don't you just get an IT job? 
what I was going to school for. He then calls a recruiter and sets up an interview for the next morning. Boss's little push gave me the drive to just go for it. I nailed the interview and get the job. My now ex-boss texted me shortly after and said, Hey up, you're late. To which I replied, No, I don't like the way you do things there. Silence. Fast forward a few months. Both the boss and the coworker were fired for theft. You see, with the unexplained missing phones and with no one watching inventory, LP quickly took interest in the store again. Turns out the broken cases were actually team members giving away inventory to close sales. So when I was there, balancing inventory and giving warnings, it was letting them know just how much they could steal and get away with it. Without me there they just did whatever the heck they wanted. From what I hear, they were escorted out by security and all. So in the end, I was pushed to start the career of my dreams. They have a record. That's it for today's episode of Reddit Readings. Until next time, take care. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.